Scripture reading tonight will be from Second Peter chapter one verses one through ten. Second Peter chapter one verses one through ten. Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeking that His divine power has granted us to everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason also apply diligence. In your faith supply moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, then render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For all long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. Thank you for that. Well, good evening. I'm not going to tie anybody up. I just brought this up because it makes me feel good. <clears throat> I'll tell you what. It's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, so like, how many of you had speech class in, in high school, college, right? Okay. It's, it's not an easy thing. It's something that you get nervous about. And not just speaking, but like if you're, you know, leading songs, saying a prayer, reading the scripture. I mean, that was a long scripture. And sometimes it can be nerve-wracking. You're afraid there might be some names in there. You, you just can't pronounce them, and so you're like, should I skip over it, or should I just butcher it and kind of move on? You know, so, you, and, and when, you're, when I, you know, prepare a lesson, and I'm thinking about uh, what I want to talk about, um, is it something that, you know, the church needs to hear, you know, how is it going to help them, how is it going to, you know, how is it something that's affected in my life? Um, I'm actually a pretty outgoing guy, uh, but I get really nervous talking in front of the church. I was, I did a lot of like theater and stuff like that, um, and so I think the first time that my in-laws met me was in the lowest of my life. Uh, I had uh, some hair that was a little outstanding. Uh, I have a, a white man's fro, and I, I just did some crazy things in college. I just, I guess I need to find myself. I don't know what it was, but uh, I get nervous when I have to talk. I don't know. Does anybody else get nervous, or is it just me? Like, I get nervous. Matt, you've been doing this a while. You still get nervous? Well, I don't know about you guys, but when I get nervous, I tend to, you know, my body works in different ways. Um, and you have to go to the restroom. Am I right? You get, if you get nervous, anybody play sports, you, you have to go to the restroom. Well, I was in the restroom, and I'm like, okay, I didn't have, you know, my lesson. I'm thinking about my lesson. I'm like, okay, I'm going to... I'm going to say all these things, and it's going to really be good. And all of a sudden, I get sidetracked. I'm like, 
deer paths all over the place, right? Or rabbit trails is what we call it. So I pick up my deodorant, and you know how you read the, the ingredients and all that stuff, and you start wondering, like, what's in it? And then you can't understand any of the names. And I was looking at it, and the instructions, the very first thing says, for, inter- for external use only. Do you know why they had to put that on the, on the deodorant bottle? Have you ever thought of that? The only reason they had to put that on there is because somebody tried not to put it outside of their body. Interesting, right? However, that kind of leads into the lesson. It's a call to action. Somebody was actually willing to take a chance. I don't know if they tried to make their breast smell better. I'm not even sure. I'm not even going to try to, you know, Google it. But something happened that somebody was willing to take a chance and, and try something different with it. They were just willing to take some sort of action. And that's kind of what I was wanting to talk about tonight. You know, we have a hard time sometimes envisioning uh, something greater for ourselves or, or thinking that we can't do something because we've never done it before, right? Um, we, we see, you know, Bill Gates or Donald Trump and, you know, how much they've, you know, succeeded in life or, um, you know, Jesus in his life and the apostles and what they did. And we're like, well, you know, there's no way that I could ever achieve that. I mean, that's just beyond my comprehension. Um, have you thought about the new year? You know, January is almost over. This is the last, one of the last days in January. Actually, this is the last day in January. Isn't that ridiculous? 2016's already started, and it's the last day. Anybody make resolutions? It's one of the things I've tried not to do because I always let myself down. Um, but I try to make goals because goals are easier. Like, if you don't reach it, then you can kind of set that same goal for next year and be like, that's easier, right? Resolutions, it's one of those things if you kind of don't do it, then you feel bad about yourself. You know, one of the things that uh, when I think about the church, and I think about myself, and, and, and uh, just as a preference, uh, as a, a preface, everything that I talk about, everything that I say, is something that um, affects me as well. You know, I, I talked to Anthony a while ago about how, uh, the, you know, some of the best sermons that he had and some of the things uh, that he said, the best sermons that he's had is things that have been affecting him in his life and things that he's been working on. And this is exactly... Uh, the same here. This is something that I've been trying to uh, focus on in my life and try to um, ex- exuberate. Um, so one of the things that I feel like the church, churches has had a, the hardest time doing is kind of successfully passing the baton on. Does that make sense? Like we have actually here at, uh, here at your church, you have a lot of youth. You know, I grew up and we had five or six and that was it. Um, and, you know, we had, uh, I can't remember how long ago, it was maybe a couple months ago, it could have been longer, days kind of run together, um, where we had given, we, somebody, I think it was Anthony, gave statistics about how much, how many youth are actually leaving the church from when they are teens or in high school to when they're in college and on their own. I think it was something ridiculous, like 60 to 80 percent. And I think there's some sort of disconnect there, and we've talked about how there might be some sort of um, miss in the passing of the baton, and that's one of the things that I kind of uh, want to talk about a little bit. I feel like there's great potential here, um, uh, here at Pickerington. You know, you have a lot of churches that don't have that much youth, um, and I'm not saying that we don't do it. Uh, it's just saying something that we can, you know, work on and, and uh, get better at. So, what can I say 
you know, when I, when I put this together, I'm like, what can I say that you haven't already heard? You know, how many, if you think about it and you actually do the math, which I didn't do, uh, how many Sundays and Wednesdays, if you grew up in the church that you've been to? So how many lessons have you actually heard? How many different ways can you say the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again? Right? And, and the Bible talks about how, you know, when we hear the word, that it's like being fed. It's like, um, for instance, and this is actually a, a coincidence. Uh, our family went to uh, Golden Corral today, um, which is an all-you-can-eat buffet. Who doesn't like that, right? I remember when I was a, when I was a kid uh, in high school, my mom would always say, make sure you get your money's worth, right? So you would get your first plate and your second plate, and then you kind of force yourself to go up and get that third plate because you kind of felt like you won at that point. You're like, haha, I only paid like, you know, $9 for the first two, but I got the extra plate for free. And then I'm going to get my dessert and my cookies and a couple other extra drinks on the side, right? So it's like you kind of won. So you, you just kind of gorge yourself with the food and really, you know, take it all in. And then you're like, oh, I'd really like a nap. Just want to go sleep, right? It's the Sunday afternoon nap. You always get it. Um, and, and that's kind of how it is, right? So we get fed all the time. You know, we hear so many lessons. We hear, you know, Sunday morning class, Sunday morning lesson, uh, evening uh, lesson, Wednesday lesson, Wednesday class. I mean, that's five only here that we hear, let alone our own individual studies and our own things that we hear from our parents, maybe, or from, uh, you know, our fellow uh, Christians. So we, ha- we are being bombarded with a ton of information. We're just being fed all the time. So we talk about all those things, and you know the truth is, we probably don't need to eat anymore. If if we're a little honest about some of those things, like we've heard a lot of things, and it's great to hear them in different ways, but in a sense, we may not need to be... uh, that we don't need to eat anymore. Um, rather, we need to work it off, uh, you know, what we just ate, rather than getting another meal. You know, sometimes it feels like we just keep being fed and fed and fed, and we don't go and exercise what we learn, and it doesn't really do us any good. And it almost, to a point, becomes destructive. It comes to a point where we just want to keep hearing, and we'll keep learning, and, and when I feel like I've learned enough, and I have enough knowledge, then I'll have the confidence to do something outside of that. I'll, I'll have the confidence to go out and, and exercise that knowledge, right? So one of the things that I think that we need to kind of establish, um, and, and, I'm, and I constantly think about this, is how can I put this into my son and my daughter? How can I give them courage to have an action-minded uh, set a uh, set a uh, mind to them if that makes sense you know we're scared of making mistakes and if you're not then tell us how you do it and, you know we don't realize that by doing nothing that that's a mistake we look at the kind of the sin of omission what we do sometimes without knowing um, <clears throat> we can get on the we can get on the side of safety rather than the side of action sometimes you know I've made so many mistakes in my life um, and, and, we, and we, we, we talk about it, the mistakes, right? W- what they really are is sins. Uh, because if they're not glorifying God, I feel like it, it's not, 
you know, not everything in our life is a sin, but it, we call them mistakes because it's a lot nicer. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot. I've had a lot of sins in my life. You know, I gre- I regret them uh, in the sense that um, I wish I I could have learned what I needed to without doing that or making that mistake. Um, whether it be painful, emotionally, or physically, you know, they. They brought me here today. Those, those experiences in my life, those mistakes that I made, uh, when I took action and I made, made those mistakes, they brought me here to where I am. You know, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I was in school for seven years and I don't have a master's. I made mistakes. The first four years, what do you think I wanted to do? I wanted to play soccer because I thought I was going to be the greatest soccer player ever. Not so much. Right? So I've made mistakes. And I could talk to you about a thousand more. But without those mistakes, without me being at that school for as long as I was, I probably wouldn't have met Jackie. I wouldn't have had Landon and Kylie. I wouldn't have had the experiences that I had. Do I wish I would have learned them without having to go through that pain and going through that, the student loans that I have? Absolutely. But it's kind of a part of life, right? It's just a walk. Everybody has different sets of pains. But we live in a culture that if someone tries something and fails, everyone reminds them of it. Isn't that kind of how it is? You know, we point it out. It's, it's one of those things that we, we live in a, a social media world. It's all out there. It's on Facebook, Instagram, uh, you know, whatever it is. Even, even if you don't post it and if somebody else sees it, they're going to post it. You can see how many people are attacking cops or, or attacking other people and just kind of making it out there. And some people are just doing it, you know, just to, you know, get some likes or whatever. You know, but we don't address those that don't do anything. Have you ever thought about that? They kind of scoot on by and they get missed on the side. What kind of uh, argument can we have at the end of our life when we say, you know, when Jesus says, you know, I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat? I mean, what, what, what can I say? Well, I, I really didn't know what you wanted. Did you want Burger King, McDonald's? I mean, did you want Wendy's? I didn't, I didn't know what you wanted to wear. I, I didn't know what kind of color you like or if, you know, cotton bothers your skin. I have no idea. So I'm just not going to give it to you or, you know, clothe you because I'm not 100% sure what you want. You know, I brought this up here. Have you ever, have you ever seen this done before? Have you ever seen the, the rope analogy? This, is, this is, represents eternity and, and how long eternity really is. And this part right here is our life. And, it, and, you know, we, we save and save and save and work and work and work just so that this last little piece here, we can enjoy it right there. But we'll suffer for the rest of that just so we can work here. And sometimes we work and work and work and save and save and save and, and gorge and gorge and gorge so much that we lose out on the rest. We're like skipping out on what eternity has for us. We're willing to sacrifice just for this little bit right here just so that we can have this fun right here, right? Isn't that kind of interesting to you? Like, to think about how working in the bank, I, you know, I'm talk, constantly talking about investments, to constantly talking about savings, you know, I'm trying to help people save and help them budget and, you know, get things, you know, right uh, in their financial life. And, and it's amazing how much 
this can take up in our life and how much um, we don't get focused on the right things, that it can affect how we are and who we are and who we represent. It's easy to just kind of get, you know, mixed up in life, mixed up in our work, you know, kind of forget that God forgave us of our sins. He forgave us of our sins and he allowed us to have an opportunity of eternity with him. So like this little moment in our lives can't be wasted on small things and trivial things. Uh, I'm not saying that we're not, we shouldn't save. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do those things. Those are important because we need to provide for our families, right? But those aren't the important things. You know, God will provide those things. So, so we're just focusing on this small bit to have eternity. You know, the root of that is believing what we've heard and just going out and doing something about it. Well, you know, the, the excuse sometimes that I, that I put on myself is, well, I don't really know what that is, right? I don't know what I need to do. Um, I've heard a lot. Uh, you know, my mom really pushed me into song leading when I was, when I was younger, um, so much so that I think it was one Sunday I came in, I had no idea I was doing anything. They gave me a song list and put me in the front row and said, you're leading songs today. It's like, perfect. What songs am I singing? Do I know them? And then I got up here. You know, it's nerve-wracking. You have no idea how nerve-wracking it is until you actually do it. But I got through that. I was never, I'm not saying I'm a great song leader, but I have... Uh, talents because I've worked through the struggles. I've worked out, you know, nobody's a perfect actor from the beginning. They have to go to, you know, classes. They, they you know, start out in high school and, and, you know, start in small parts and kind of get used to the idea and being in front of people. It's, it's a process, right? It's a process. So you don't have to know exactly what you're doing, but you know yourself better than anybody else. You know yourself better than anybody else. So you have a strength in something that I guarantee you I cannot do. You know, I, I joked with Anthony, one of the things that I thought about talking about was being a hacker for Christ. And it's a, it's a funny little uh, saying, you know, I was thinking about how, you know, hackers, uh, computer hackers, are, all have this real bad um, view on them. And, and they, uh, they actually aren't um, all bad. So like 80% of them, work for companies to provide something good for them. Uh, did you know, for instance, uh, for your bill pay, uh, everybody have an a, a online banking account, right? And you got the bill pay so you can uh, you know, send your bills to somebody. Hackers were actually the ones that found out that if you put a negative number in there, you could take money from somebody's account. Who wanted, who wanted them to not find that, right? <laughs> So, but they found that through action. They found that through actually doing something and finding something good, uh, something from uh, what's considered bad, they, they were able to take something good from that. So I'm not saying that you have to be the guy at the stoplight, you know, do something. You don't have to be at the stoplight. Whenever we think of, you know, ministering or, or going out and evangelizing, you have the Bible, the Bible waivers, you know, on the sides of the streets. I mean, I've seen those too. I'm not saying that you have to do that. Um, I, I think it takes a special kind of person to be able to do that. But maybe it's just carrying it with you and studying on your lunch break. 
Uh, maybe it's just stopping and listening, uh, stop listening to the music that you are and, and listening to fulfilling Christian music. Maybe it's volunteering somewhere, uh, talking to your friends and not laughing at a crude joke. You know, I, taught, I said earlier um, that the Facebook is, is one of those things that's um, made everything exposed. And because it's so exposed, did you know that this generation, I guess you could say, or, or time in our life, because it's not just um, the teens or, or those that are um, affected by this, because I know I was affected by it. Um, I know some uh, older um, folks from back home that got into to Facebook a lot uh, have fallen into this too, of that this generation, this time, there is more depression now than ever. And they, th- they say it's because of Facebook and because of those kinds of, uh, of uh, the social uh, media types of things. Everything's out there. Everybody can see what's going on. I can see what my cousin is doing, um, you know, in Dominican Republic. I can see what my, my uh, family's doing in Indiana. I can see what they're ha- when they're having fun uh, at Cedar Point. I can see when they go uh, and, you know, somebody just won uh, $1,000. I can see all these great things, and I can get jealous of that. And I can be like, why is this not happening to me? Well, what is going on? Like, oh, woe is me. But look at them. They have, you know, she's so pretty or he's so, he's so pretty. Uh, handsome? Pretty? Whatever. So you can see all these things, but no one puts up their ugly pictures, right? Unless it's for like a, a small little joke. You put like a little line there. Ha, 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 ha. But nobody does that. Like on a daily basis, I'm just going to put up all my ugly pictures. We don't do that because they, we want everybody to see our best side. You know, it creates this persona of all these things that I'm not instead of all these things that I am and could be. We forget about who we actually are, and we, we focus on what other people are. Then we start asking God, why? You know, why am I not outgoing? Why am I not a good leader? Why didn't you give me the blessing of speech or song or money or fame? You know, all you did was make me good looking. You didn't, you didn't give me all these other things. It's easy to start comparing and forget about what you can do, isn't it? So back to the passing it on and the call to action. <clears throat> you know, our church is, a, it is, in a sense, is dying. And if we don't do something, it's going to continue to die. Um, we have, you know, I, I talked about the statistics earlier of uh, the 60 to 80%. Um, and everybody hates change. Everybody hates, you know, that, that idea, um, I, you know, Jackie hates it. I, I can embarrass her because she's not here yet, right? Okay. She hates change. It, I mean, it's fine because I do too. We just cope with it in different ways, and we all cope with it in different ways. Um, but we have to understand that with, with life, there's always going to be change. So everyone, uh, we need to build on our strength instead of our weaknesses. Instead of focusing on what we're not, we need to focus on what we are and what we can provide. Uh, and what I'm not saying, like, I don't want you to think that I'm saying that uh, we're going around and putting people down and slamming kids down and, you know, with their failures or anything like that. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. You know, I'm not saying that you're already, you know, uh, that you're not already doing this. But these are the things that I think that we need to focus on to continue growing, to continue creating our youth to um, be leaders in the church. 
Because if we don't give them the tools to be leaders, who's, who, who, what are we doing? Uh, we read 2 Peter 1. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to read it real quick. What time am I supposed to? I have plenty of time, right? I'm just going to keep going. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and, our Jesus, and of Jesus our Lord. And, and that's kind of like the introduction. He's like, right? He just kind of gets into it. Um, and he's like, he goes, <clears throat> uh, seeing that his divine power has granted, a, granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers to the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust, escaping our past lives through Jesus, right? Now for this very reason, also applying all diligence... Right there's the caveat, right? So knowing that you're going to receive these things, applying all diligence or every, make every effort to do what? Define myself. In your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities, and what qualities are we talking about? The brotherly kindness, the moral excellence, the knowledge, the self-control, the perseverance, and the godliness, and the love, <clears throat> these are the qualities of action. Like, you know, on Wednesday, we talked with the youth about um, action and what, what, uh, what, they were, what their goal was and what their... Um, kind of giving them some focus that it's not something that you can do just by sitting around. You know, when we get together as a church, when we get together tonight, it's like you're hitting a home run. It's so easy to praise God when we're together like this. These are the times we come together and practice that. These are the times we get together and, and focus on talking about God and focusing talking about Jesus and, and how he's helped us in our life so that when we get on our own, it's easier. Right when we get together as a as a youth group or as as uh, you know on Wednesdays or, or uh, when we have um, when Jose's putting together that meal when we get together that time that's a home run that's so easy come together all we got to do is take a little time out of our day so we can come together and have a good time with fellow Christians that's a home run that's when you get that's when we get edified and built up. <clears throat> And then later on, he talks about, Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing and choosing you. So we're, we need to examine ourselves and find our strengths and build on it. You know, for as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. That's a pretty, pretty bold statement. As long as you practice those things that we talked about, the, the, the uh, attributes, the action words that we talked about, you will never stumble. But it's a constant thing, right? It's something that we have to work at. You're not going to be perfect at it. You know, it's easy, like I said before, to focus on the bad. We are our worst critics. You know, we, you know, we'll, we'll put 
the worst statement on something that we've done, uh, even if it wasn't bad to somebody else. But we'll say, oh, I can't believe I screwed that up. I can't believe I messed that up. Um, one, one scripture, that, you know, while we were doing the, the reading um, the Bible in a year, that helped me was Second Chronicles 6, 7 through 9. It said, um, it was talking about David. Now it was in the heart of my father David to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, because it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the house, but your son who will be born to you, he shall build my house for build the house for my name. You know, David didn't wait to be told or how to do it uh, to be able to, to build that house. He just wanted to do it. He felt like it was a good thing to do. God didn't say, you idiot. Why are you doing this? You're not supposed to do this. I didn't tell you to do that. He didn't say that. He said it was a good thing that he did that. It was a good thing that it was in his heart. But even though David didn't do it, his son did. So he passed it on to his son by what he taught, taught him and how he led him. You know, like I said earlier, we're not going to be perfect, and we're going to make mistakes. Um, and, uh, and I could be here all day talking about those mistakes that I've had in my life, but let's, let's trust in the Spirit and God, and let's, in us, and, le- and learn from uh, on the side of action. Let's uh, lean on the side of action. You know, why not just assume that you're supposed to do something instead of waiting to hear the voice from the Lord? Like, we're not going to hear the voice from the Lord. Maybe we will. I don't, you know, I don't know. God can do anything, right? He has all power. But, um, you know, we don't wait for the voice of the Lord to go to the movies. We don't wait for the voice of the Lord to um, go to Pizza Hut or go on Facebook or, or tweet about something funny or, you know, put a great memory on Instagram or, or do all these, all these other things. We don't wait for the voice of the Lord or, or, or a call from God to do those things. But we do a lot of things without hearing from the Lord. Uh, we do a lot of things without hearing from, um, from the Lord to do them. But when it comes to ministry, we feel we have to hear, the mess- hear a message from the Lord or have a calling to do it, right? Matthew 28, 16. The Great Commission. We all know what that says, right? Go, make disciples. He doesn't say how. Every, you know, we, we talk about, you know, you got the hands, you got the, the arms, everybody has their different talents. We've, we've heard all these lessons before. Not everybody's going to do it the same way. So just, just go do something, unless God tells us not to. We have that voice in our head that says, I ah, probably shouldn't be doing this. You know, David didn't wait to be told to build a house for the Lord, but God told him, don't worry about it. Your son will do it. If you look in, back in 2 Peter 1, you know, God just told us that we may become partakers in the divine nature. Um, <clears throat> he didn't say we would become partakers passively. He said, just because you believe in me, just because you're a Christian, you will get these things. No. He says in verse 6, now for this very reason, also applying all diligence or making every effort. Make an effort. Do something. And it's not easy because, like I said, you know, we're going to make mistakes. We're all here because we want to do something with our life. We, if we're honest, we come together because we want something better for us. We want something better for our kids. We want something better for our family. We're, we're looking for something better and something greater. And that's always going to be God. 
Sometimes we get focused on how we can be perfect, but it's not about being perfect. It's about growth and just doing it. For, for if these qualities are yours and, and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful. So if you, if you are the right you, you will not be unfruitful. If you are growing in moral excellence and in your moral excellence knowledge and in your knowledge self-control and in your self-control perseverance and in your perseverance godliness and in your godliness brotherly kindness and in your brotherly kindness love, you will not be unfruitful or useless. Are you going to be perfect at all those things? No. But none of this matters. None of this matters unless you are walking with him. You know, there will be seasons, you know, where we feel like nothing is happening, where all of our efforts are, have gone to waste. Uh, <clears throat> but that doesn't mean that it is going to waste. You know, we, in Isaiah, uh, he, he preached for how long, before, you know, and nobody listened to him. The waste is when you just eat and you don't exercise. That nutrition that you just took in and you just let it do nothing. It's no good to you that way. So when we get together and when we, when we you know, learn about God, when we learn about these things and when we you know, talk, to, talk about it, it's great. But it's all about putting it into action. But if we don't believe in what, what is actually going on, it's hard to put that into action, isn't it? You know, I've talked about you know, Michael Jordan um, and some, some real famous uh, sports players. They put things into action because they believed that they had something. They struggled through the, the hard times. So <clears throat> I'm going to leave you with this. There are going to be times when when you just feel like there's nothing else that can really lift you up, nothing else that can really push you forward, and nothing else that can uh, get you through the hard times. And this verse talked about hope. All you have to do is make a little effort to do it. Listen to God. Follow God. Without this, without actually following God, and without believing in this, it's useless. So if you're not you know, a believer in Christ, or if you haven't been baptized um, for the remission of your sins, if, if, you, if you feel like maybe there is something in your life that you really need to change and turn around and put into action, then do it. All you got to do is do it. Make a mistake. Who cares? Okay? Who cares? And right now, we'll, we'll go ahead and sing a song and we'll have an opportunity that if you do want to make that change or if you do want to be baptized or if you just need prayers to help with that encouragement or you need somebody to you know, call you, you know, once a day or whatever it might be, come as we stand uh, and sing.